Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. So since I won the fucking roll, because you didn't realize you were playing with a person who's always going to get advantage. Yeah, you are a dirty, rotten cheater. You've played with me enough to know that's what I'm trying to do at every moment. No, actually, playing with you was pretty fun at the... At the, at the, at the Halloweenies? Yeah. Okay. So, since I won the dice roll, and I mean, I am the one who kind of decided we were going to talk about this. We wanted to talk about um, what's going on in the Congo right now. And uh, the reason we got there is because uh, well, we most were... of you should by now know that Israel is waging a new Nakba on the Palestinian people, specifically in the Gaza Strip. Thousands of people have died. Um, countless uh, cities, buildings have been destroyed. Uh, entire families have been wiped off of the, uh, the map. That part always has been the part that keeps like boggling my brain is the part... I know the tone in my voice, so I'm going to take a second to <laughs> correct it so I'm not laughing as I say this thing. But just the idea that it's like an entire family. Yeah, it's gone. Like, it's gone. It's like, gone. I don't believe in that kind of bullshit because it shouldn't matter. But the fact that it, like, like yeah. that's a choice you make as a, that's the thing I yeah. keep thinking about. Like, people give me a lot of shit for being like, you're, you're, you're goofy and weird. And I'm like, yeah, but the choice to do things like war is a choice. Like, yeah, somebody, yeah. What, the... It's kind of like when people used to, well, they still do, people make fun of, like, bronies and furries and stuff. And, like, they make fun of bronies because, like, men men being into feminine shit and children shit. And it's, like, a lot less destructive than shooting a place up. Yeah. And that is another thing that straight white men are known to do. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, we, we've been made very well aware of that since October 7th. Uh, so much loss of life, so much horror trauma. Uh, carnage, and then also American and most uh, first world nation support of this, but something that's been going on uh, for a while now, and I mean for years now, it looks like if you really look at the stretch of time is that uh, there is a mass genocide going on in uh, the Congo and it's uh, related not only to just like historical precedent uh, and like conflict it sounds like with Rwandan supported uh, militants but it's also specifically due to the extraction of cobalt and copper which is used for rechargeable batteries but uh to to build off something you said real quick all of these things are like any anytime there's a like oh there's a sudden rise in violence in a place that like you don't think about too much as an American uh it is because there's like a long history of shit that has been going on and it's usually a history where it's like i thought it twice several times while we did this where i was like oh man i didn't look into this before because i knew it was complicated and i was yes, like that's exactly what i was thinking too like i'm gonna be very clear just because i have a history does not mean i'm really confident about most of the subject matter we talk about in general and a lot of it's because like i have a general idea but it was never something i focused on and then also it's really fucking sad and hard to know even how to cipher past what's going on. Because, like, for example, the only article that I wanted Pat to read going into this, he had to he had to branch out a little bit other than watching, like, whatever garbage was on the TV. But, um, was it from Reuters? And I'm going to go over the facts in the Reuters case right now. Um... Uh, December 11th, it was saying that there was going to be a 72-hour ceasefire uh, between the Democratic Republic of Congo and, I think it's M23, which is associated with Rwanda, even though Rwanda does not take claim to this uh, militant group. Um, in the article, they said that the U.S. is going to be monitoring, monitoring the situation during the ceasefire. And, like, based on what we know about America's monitor, mo monitoring of situations. It's not necessarily very helpful. Um, this is to allow for withdrawal for forces um, is occupying Mushaki and RP-1030 Road 
and this was supposed to be Monday at noon their time on the 11th. Um, they said that they had received no response from... We're going to read the whole article at the end, right? Not but... this one, no. No, this is the shit article. Oh, oh okay. That's no, the one no, you no, had no. to... Oh, you're yeah. going to have us read a whole different one at the end. Yeah, yes, okay, yes. Okay, yes. sorry. Didn't, this... mean, didn't mean to interrupt. This is, yeah, this is, this is the only one that I let Pat read, and this was the one that I was just like... I was fucking baffled. Because it, it was like, it said no response from other leadership. The only way they really acknowledged that there was violence was that they said worsening humanitarian crisis. That was about as specific as they got about You You included this. the link to that one in this yes, one, right? Yes, yes. Everything I'm going to be talking about will be linked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you we, folks have access to all the sources. We, we just saw a very, uh, a very large YouTube creator call someone out for plagiarism. And uh, not that we weren't ever worried about plagiarism, but I think both of us understood I've it. Been, I've, been, I've been worried in that, like, I will read a book <laughs> and then want to tell you about all the stuff I read in the book. Yeah, but you usually refer to the book every time you do it. Yeah. Um, and, like, I'm not I, trained I in, in, in... You're not trained, but I think you also... Street rules, you know? It, yeah. you, you rolled your common sense die yeah, on this one, Yeah, Pat. no, I'm... I did. I, we both we both independently, like almost at the same time, made the comment that the the article that we want you to read uh, is. Oh no 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 no! The article that I'm referring to right now. We both called it rice. It was, you called it, it was, rice cake. I said, I said rice cakes. Pat said it was like rice, and that there was like no flavor to it. No substance, like, like yeah. The it, moment... it was unsalted rice. Like it didn't even have it didn't even have your daily salt content. I it. know, I know, Rochelle. The information Rochelle just gave you sounds like a bunch of word soup. That she's all like, I feel like she may have plagiarized that article, and it was still incomprehensible. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. So and they also said that the 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 group M two three is associated with Rwanda. Rwanda does not claim to be a, a connected with them, and then on top of that. Uh, the article said that there was a ceasefire called a while back, and then uh, the article claimed that that ceasefire was broken by M two three, this militant yeah. group, and they claim that they've always respected ceasefires. And we'll we'll get into that. A but bit like, more. so yeah. that that is the information I got when I looked at the Reuters article, and this was literally me just searching the words Congo and I think conflict. And I might have written genocide, but I did. Corey Corey made a really good point, which is it's like. Reuters is super useful, and it's kind of the point of this whole, the reason we do news dump, where it's like, Reuters is super useful because it's one of the most comprehensive, it's one of the most far-reaching, like, they will get But they removed, in an what effort they're to be removing neutral. to avoid, to be neutral, shows their actual bias, which is, they don't really prioritize loss of life, they don't really prioritize human suffering, they prioritize the rules of engagement and what's yeah. happening, because... Reuters is probably more of like a rich people publication, and rich people need oh, well, to know what's going to happen, but they don't really care about why. So that was um, the f the first article that I read, and that was the one I think that had the least amount of information. And what I had to do was I actually had to expand my search terms. I had to include not only the word genocide, because genocide typically was taking us to past conflict. It also, all of this was leaving out the other part of the puzzle. There's a specific TikTok that's referred to in the Ms. Magazine article, which is the one that really alerted me to what's going on, because, like, it was just a gal saying, like, well, we've been talking a lot about Palestine. Let's talk about another violent conflict that is related to genocide, and that there is something that we as individuals can potentially do to help. And I think that's the reason I really wanted to talk about. So Ms. Magazine uh, wrote an article, and they included four different areas uh, where genocides are currently happening. And I doubt it's all of them. Uh, first one they referred to is what's going on in Sudan. There's a new round of violence and genocide. Uh, the conflict started, this most recent conflict started in May, uh, April 15th of this year. And then more than 6 million people have been displaced. It's the largest displacement of children currently happening in the world. The previous time a conflict like this arose in the Darfur region of Sudan, and I mean, if you know much about, like, the charity campaigns that people bring up, the Sudan and Darfur do get mentioned a good amount. 300,000 300, people have previously been killed in the conflict that's now uh, re reappearing. And then in this current conflict, at least 9,000 people have been documented to be killed, and it is highly likely more have been killed. Um, so that's what's going on in Sudan. Um, and uh, then there's also con uh, what's going on in past 
Pakistan and Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, this miss article is pretty dope. Yeah, exactly. So Pakistan is returning refugees displaced by the Taliban uh, oppression. It's uh, it's ta- it's basically all of the people who have been displaced from Afghanistan because of Taliban rule. And guess who is a big part of the reason the Taliban is back in power in Afghanistan? You know, you only need one guess. It's us. And so... Michelle and I personally. It's us. Not the United States government, but the United States government and the powers that be. But uh, the through line is that the U.S., U- the European Union, and other nations like pa- and Pakistan have just turned their back on these folks and just been like, nah, go back. So then more than um, uh, six million people have been trucked back to Afghanistan from Pakistan. So they're just kind of, you know, dropping off their kids at school saying, fuck you. Just a sec before we get there, which is a thing. Sorry, you just reminded me of a thing that pisses me off as disabled person, guy, voice, representative, which is like, you know, in those kind of conflicts, like, I, I literally was like, oh, I would just be dead. Because it's like, yeah. am I going to keep up with a caravan? No. Am I gonna, if you're like, lucky enough to have a bunch of people who are able to carry you that way. I guess. But that's not always something that can be counted on in more times. Yeah. And like, I can walk a lot in a day, but it's like, am I going to walk faster than a soldier with a gun who's pissed at me? Eventually, no. Yeah, so exactly. Cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt again. But. No, no, I mean, that is an important thing to note. When we are talking about the people who are dying in these conflicts, it's not just the people who are actively killed. It's the people around them who need to flee, who then die in the process of fleeing. And then all that disruption to resources also creates an environment for more deaths. Like, Which a is- lot of people in Palestine are probably, in Gaza specifically, are dying right now because they don't have access to clean water. Yeah, and like, They don't have access to medical supplies. So even if you don't have an injury, but, like, your fucking appendix bursts, or you have the shits from completely filthy water. And, like, that's not to negate things that will happen to other people, including sexual assault, including just, you yeah. know, the shit that happens to kids in these kind of circumstances. Like, the trauma that that's going to be, the, the arrested development that's going to cause. Like, exactly. there's a lot of, I don't know why arrested development was the thing that I focused on there. But, uh, so... Nagarno? It's, I think it's Nagorno-Karabakh. Here, let me see if my... Uh... And so it's in Azerbaijan. It's the Armenian part of oh, wait, Azerbaijan. Hold on, hold on. What? Nagorno-Karabakh. That might not be how it is. Is that like on Google? Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's correct. But either way, it's the Armenian part of Azerbaijan. About 100,000 people, 80% of the population is uh, being forced to flee to Armenia. It sounds like during the Cold War these people requested to leave Azerbaijan because it was under Soviet rule. Um, so that's when this, this kind of cleansing started because it is, a lot of people refer to it specifically as an ethic cleansing. There is a lot of debate on what, whether those, which of those terms is appropriate. Gotcha. Not necessarily in this, this instance, like, but in a lot of them. And Azerbaijan is in, just looking it up, it's in like the northern uh, Arabian Peninsula. Is it above kind of, the Red Sea? Yeah, it's like, it's right there. So it's like where, where... Yep. Yeah, it's in between the Caspian Sea and uh, the Black Sea. Caspian Sea and... And uh, wait, that sea. The Black, the Black sea, sea, yeah. Yes. And it's kind of between Iraq and Georgia. and So, like, the... the, the, the It's uh, the south... It's, like, southwestern Russia. What's this thing called? The, the Arabian Peninsula? Yeah, the Arabian and Peninsula. The, and, like, Russia, the, the subcontinent part of yes. Russia. Yes, okay. So, um, after, after the disbandment of the Soviet Union, the conflict got worse. Um, war broke out in 2020, and it is, uh, it is referred to as an ethnic cleansing. This one I definitely didn't pull as much information about. That's why I was But, like, yeah. if anything, uh, look up, like, System of a Down, because they specifically have brought a lot of attention to the Armenian Genocide. This episode came about because we did the episode about Israel, Palestine, yeah. and we're like, well, we don't want to just stop there. Yeah. Like, obviously, exactly. this is going to be the unfortunate, like... Name that genocide! Well, the unfortunate fact is we're in, we're in a cool, from what I can tell from my amateur perspective, we are in a really cool part That's of... That's a fucking noob. From, we're in a cool part of the cycle of history where because people have started pointing out, like, oh, humans might need rights... The other side is going to be like, yeah, but if we kill those humans, they don't need rights anymore. Yeah, exactly. And so we are going to see more wars, and we're going to see more bullshit like this. It's one of those things where it's like, well, things don't get better unless people fix it, or you kill the people who want to fix it. Those yeah, are your only. Exactly. Like we're kind of at a at an impasse there, and it's really fun, and it means. But yeah, so I guess I just want to say that there will be more links in the description of the episode 
or like even a transcript, like a, a document that you guys can have access to that'll have more links on that. And Ms. The thing I feel like Ms. Uh, magazine didn't necessarily add any. It didn't add anything to the conversation. Yeah, I just wanted to read the closing paragraph though. Okay. Which was just them saying these are of course not these, of course, are not the only crises shattering lives around the world. I'm highlighting them simply to say that power brokers in the U.S. and around the world so often focus their attention on the nations that are seen as the most strategically important while ignoring vast human suffering of people deemed inconsequential. It does not have to be this way. We do not have to turn our eyes away. Uh, and I think, let me make sure I'm crediting Jill Flipovich, uh, Filipovich. I think Jill uh, kind of said it right there on the nose. Uh, and I just wanted to, I was like double reading over the articles yeah. as we're talking about them. And I was like, no, that should be said. Like, okay. there's all kinds of shit going on. Mm -hmm. These are just the ones we had the spoons to focus and on like, today. There is space to be overwhelmed. I, I guess what I want to continue to reiterate is that this is not easy stuff to learn. This is not easy stuff to keep immersing yourself in. Do take care of yourself, but it is not okay to ignore this shit. Uh, so take care of yourself. Arm yourself with the knowledge and do with it what you can. And I mean, we're going to get there. It's, but, like, uh, it's like medicine. As a person who has taken medicines that feel good and get you high, you're yeah. actually not supposed to take those until you get high. The best the best drug I've taken for pain is the like slow-release morphine where it's like, hey, you're going to think about getting high, but you won't get high. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's how you're supposed to handle the pain, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's kind of how I think you approach the news a little bit is you're like, you approach it enough that you're like, I think I might be sick, but don't actually throw up. Like, yeah. Cause unfortunately when we still have a news system that is based in capitalism, it's not about keeping us informed. It's about making money. The information is a byproduct. So moving forward, the next article I found was at daily campus. And this, this was after I added the search term mining. I could not get information about the mine, like about the mining without adding it there. None mm -hmm. of these articles were offering that information. And I, I wonder how much of that is specifically bias and who owns these places. Da, 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 da. But um, coercive and violent working conditions, and it's pr uh, predominantly children. Yeah, they're working in these mines. These are and they're working with toxic chemicals with no safety equipment. Like these kids are wearing the clothes that you would see kids wearing on the playground in summer. I'm saying that specifically to point out that when you see anyone in a sort of industrial job here in the United States, it's typically full body coverage of either a hazmat suit or like heavy-duty car hearts and shit like that. Even even our worst working conditions are, are probably miles ahead of what these are at least, children yeah. are experiencing. And I, um, I linked at the end of my thing a video to some of that. So if you're like, reading isn't your style, we do have... So this is something that I feel like is must be a thread, is that this paramilitary violence is here to enforce the working conditions. Yeah, that's... that's I'm assuming, because, like, it didn't seem like anything threaded that needle, but that does seem to... Like, they, they have to be connected. There's got to be an active reason they're avoiding talking about it in more major publications. Uh, and I do think there has to be some sort of connection. But um, it is uh, it is considered uh, modern slavery. This article specifically... Pulled from another article, I don't remember the author, but it, all this will be included, though. Uh, Cobalt read how the blood of the Congo powers our lives. They said that in 2021, 111,750 tons of cobalt were produced out of the Congo, and it said that was 72% of the global supply. So there are artisanal, and there, uh, there are authorized mines. Artisanal are ones that typically, like, aren't legal. Yeah. And it's not artisanal as in fucking sourdough bread. It's just they are somehow probably more exploitative. Well, a, it's com just... a comparison I would make, y you know about the Bracero program? Offhand, So no. the Bracero program was the U.S. literally having an agreement with Mexico that Mexico would send up workers to pick crops. This was, like, pre uh 
it, it went on like in between World War One and World War Two. Yeah, before and then it extended through the Great Depression. I think it stopped in like maybe the fifties at the latest. But um, it's where a lot of my our, understanding, our, like the roots of ice and shit come. From, I think so, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I would say also it. it it was probably more expected that you would have better working conditions with a Bracero program like thing than outside of that because like Texas wasn't a part of it, and a lot of it was because they were so bad to their workers. So from what what I pieced together uh, without going into the video section was that it's like the I, I think you call it artisanal because it's that wordplay bullshit that people do where it's like well if we call it artisanal people are less likely to look into it it's kind of like it feels like at locally least, sourced it, cobalt yeah like at least looks like a cousin to conflict free diamond yeah and like what it and you are correct from what i could tell too without getting into the video part where it's like it's a lie it, well it seems like these paramilitary groups only they take these groups take over these places because it's profitable and you enslave people because slavery is profitable. Well, here's, a, here's the thing I'm thinking then. The companies that are owning these mines, and in this article they specified that a lot of the ownership is uh, Chinese or, I think, Swiss? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of out-of-country out of ownership. Yeah. And, and um, so, that, so I'm wondering if they also make sure to give a lot of kickbacks... Yeah, that is to these of, paramilitary organizations. Well, that's what because what these paramilitary organizations do is if if they're not necessarily enforcing the mining, they're at least destabling everywhere else to the point that mining seems like a good enough choice. Yeah, one of the one of the last videos in my in my section is is specifically just a video on the the cobalt mining and all that. Okay, and like one of the things they talk about is the fact that it's like these military group like there's there's multiple tiers to people who interact with these mines and there are scavengers who just go through and like what did you throw away and we can piece together like a pound of this or whatever the weight is and then i can sell that to feed my kids today right yep. and that's separate than the people who are enslaved which is separate than the people who work for the mines like for the big companies which is separate from people who might work for the enslaved mine but actually have like a paying job and it's like, like so well, and the violence is and like the violence is being acted on and acted on upon the people by the 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 DRC specifically yeah. and these paramilitary groups in order to control these mines, which are all profitable, yeah. and they're all profitable because of Chinese corporations and Swiss corporations because all this stuff is what you need for kind of the green revolution. As and a lot of these mining, this is the new uh, like contracts were um, set up by this dude uh, Joseph. Kabila, and uh, he was—he's a former president, and uh, I guess uh, another one was saying like we need to renegotiate these. The article just kind of ended by pointing out that there's a history of these kinds of trade deals to enrich the government and exploit the people. It's a uh, modern-day imperialism and cultural—I uh, mean, uh, colonialism. Um, and then the last article that I read, and this I think is the one that really kind of ties up where I was going by bringing this up in general, is um, I, I, Amnesty International. Specifically, the things that cobalt and copper are used for is rechargeable batteries. Those are essential for electric cars, yeah, as well as our cell phones and most any other mobile electronic devices. It takes about 13 kilograms of cobalt for an electric car battery, and that is between like 26 and 30 pounds, I want to say. And then it takes about seven grams for a cell phone. Uh, the projected need for cobalt uh, in 2025 is 222,000 tons, but it's T-O-N-N-E-S. Pat, can you double check if that means if it's British kilograms? Or if it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is... Yeah, put it in pounds. 400, almost 490 million pounds. How much is that in just normal tons then? That's four hundred eighty nine million four hundred twenty six thousand two hundred twenty two pounds, uh, and then in the uh, U.S. tons that is two. Uh, where's the decimal? Two hundred forty four, two hundred forty five. Rounding up, two hundred forty five thousand tons. Yeah. Okay. So, for example, that's a let me for to, a two ton pickup truck. That's like like a hundred and twenty thousand two ton pickup trucks. That's and that's just a wait. We're not talking about the batteries. So the reason in that the demand for cobalt has tripled since twenty ten. 
So that's how much we've increased extraction and production of stuff with cobalt. That's such a smooth transition to my part. We well, yeah, there. no, and and so like I just wanted to reiterate the reason I brought this up is I was kind of thinking about with Gaza. We're talking about Palestine. We're talking about Zionism, and we're talking about petroleum. If you really get down to it, Israel wants to destabilize and get rid of them because they don't like them, and then us on the national scale, other than propping up Israel, just because like it's beneficial to have someone in the Middle East. There's also actual petroleum rights on the coast off of Gaza that they're trying to access. Now, when it comes to the Congo and Rwanda, it's colonialism. It's it's like us continually propping up conflict in the name of cobalt and copper. So one of the things that we've been focusing a lot when it comes to talking about Gaza is um, talking about the fact that there's things you can boycott. And we saw that from the beginning of November to the end of November, Starbucks went down like $11 billion because of boycotting. Locations of McDonald's and Starbucks in right. countries like Morocco have had to close because their people are not going to that yeah. store, those it's, those restaurants anymore. I've said, that, I've said that since, I mean, I said that with Platt when people were like, why, why not get a strike? I was like, because they don't care about employees. Yeah, they care gonna, about money. There's always going to be somebody who needs a job. Exactly, but exactly. But if you fuck with their paycheck and are like, cool, I'll go to, I realize 7-Eleven will prosper for a minute while Plant learns its lesson or AMP yeah, exactly. or whatever. But guess what? But you have to have enough people to agree to do it. Yeah. So, like, when people say boycotts don't work, there have been documented examples in the in recent last couple of months where that things have affected people. And, I mean, if you want a really clear-cut example... Bud Light really suffered by um, doing that ad campaign with Dylan Mulvaney, the trans woman. Uh, it has been known that Bud Light stock just fucking tanked and they fired everybody who was responsible for that. So boycotts... If they can do it, we can do it. Yeah, exactly. They can do it, we can do it. Um, and actually, when it comes to us talking about the boycott... It is It is a really... I, I recommend you read all the links, but uh, it is kind of a brutal read, but I really, really recommend the Amnesty International read because it's... Yeah. There, there's so much stuff that happens... Like, like, the other issue with, like, war and stuff is we think about it as a conflict between two armies or, like, nation states, right? And, like... It's never that simple. It's never that simple. The, the reason I bring up what I brought up about Gaza, Palestine, and boycotting is that the thing that we can do as people to know that we are not contributing to the conflict in the Congo is hold off on buying a new fucking electronic device. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make this a moral conversation. I'm not trying to make it a shame-based conversation. But if you can actively decide, I don't need a new cell phone right now, that's fucking great. If you can decide to hold off on buying that brand new electric car that you've been really wanting to get because it'll save you money and you'll make you sleep better at night. A great, a great way to uh, have your cake and eat it too is by used. By used um repair advocate for the right to repair yeah. when it comes to part, your electronic part devices of the reason, part of the reason we need to mine this much fucking shit is planned obsolescence like things, exactly things are made to break down because it makes people money an iphone should be able to hold up this is the year 2024 of our lord jesus 2023 Christ still and muhammad and whoever else is in there the buddha and vishnu and flying spaghetti monster but nevertheless we have the technology to have an iPhone that should ha hold a charge for a day. Yeah. I felt like the Congo was important to focus on because I, I, I saw more of a through line of like what you, we as an individual can do with the information about this situation. Like, obviously, you cannot fix everything. Obviously, you can't go over there and stop the entire conflict. That's not, that's not why we're bringing this up. But we are talking about the fact that our decisions as consumers in late-stage capitalism can be used to harm or hurt people that we will never meet. I'm just suggesting if you can hold off on buying a new fucking Switch or the next uh, new gaming device. Buy used or steal from a rich person. Yeah. Punch them right in the right in the Remember, right in the bean bags. You know, I don't like to quote Greek philosophers that much, but Dionysus had that great thing about the only proper space to spit in a rich man's house is his face. Okay, so do we want to do we want to talk about the 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 TVs the TV the, yeah the, what did what did you see well, like because I mean I know there wasn't a lot yeah well I mean spoilers 
Uh, no, there wasn't. There wasn't a lot. Usually, how this goes is Rochelle does that part, and then I do the part that's the most depressing, i.e., watch the mainstream news and see what they're saying. Uh, but but it was surprisingly easy because they're not saying shit. Like yeah, no one's talking back, about it. Going, and if we really back, want to get into why. Well, no, I'll get into it because yeah. in the in the last week, uh, they are caught up in their own their their usual cycle of late, which is like Trump, Hunter Biden. Uh, uh, the 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 Dems are focusing on abortion rights being lost so that they can gear up for the election, and the right is focusing on how we're not feeling safe. The Dems are focusing on abortion rights, which they clearly never cared about because they never codified it. And the right is focusing on border security, which they also, I don't think, have ever cared about. Because, yeah, because like, they actually don't listen to the people who... Uh, so, uh... But here's the deal. Fox did have the most recent out of Fox, CNN, and MSNBC. Do you want to know why? The reason Fox did talk about it is because, you know, renewable batteries are a security risk at this point in that, like, if China gets ahead of us, they will corner a market. It's it's this weird thing where, like, China getting ahead of us is bad, but also Democrats who want a Green New Deal are bad, but batteries are important to that, <laughs> which means, like, they're in this, uh, for the right, you're in this weird position of, like... We we want to be the ones who are mastering this, but at the same time, we don't want to be the ones who are mastering this, right? It's interesting because the only time Fox brought it up was to complain about Kamal Harris not going there. Uh, she went on a trip of African nations, I guess. And she didn't go to the Congo. And she pointedly didn't go to the Congo and didn't talk about it. And it's like, and they were talking about it because it's a national security issue of like, well, if we don't secure this, China will secure this because they own a bunch of the mines in the area. But that's also an issue that's been going on for a while now of, of uh, Chinese uh, uh, parties buying up debt from African nations to basically lord over them. To be like, oh, we're, we're renegotiating the terms where you're just fucked over by colonial China instead of colonial Europe. So... Uh, the MSN and CNN spaces are intentionally left blank. The news network that did have the best coverage uh, was probably, uh, there, was, there was one called TR, TLDR, we'll get to them in a minute. Uh, the bigger companies that had good coverage, uh, there is an a organization, a new media conglomerate out of India called First Post that's kind of trying to be like the Indian MSNBC, Fox, like kind of all of those at once. So I don't know where their buys is uh -huh. exactly, but they had useful information historic and had historical context. So like they seem to be, they didn't really focus on like any, any labor aspects, i.e. any of the people enslaved and, and, and I, I understand enslavement isn't a labor issue, but it's, it, you do it. No, it to, is a labor issue. Yeah. So it's one of those ones where it's like, I know it's not labor rights, but it's also human rights. Because it's more a human rights issue than specifically a labor rights issue. Yeah. Uh, uh, the BBC had really good coverage. The The reason they had some decent coverage on it is because, uh, famously, uh, the Britons, the English, they don't like immigrants. Refugees, right? They don't like people. <laughs> they famously conquered the world so that they could tell people not to come to their little island, Right. And so when they have people headed to their island, it drives them crazy. There have been a bunch of people trying to immigrate to England from a variety of places, including Rwanda. The British are trying to send them back by basically saying Rwanda is a perfectly safe place to be, right? Like there's no reason you would be fleeing this country. Because of that, the Supreme Court of the UK basically was like, uh, no, Rwanda is not safe. It's a part of like nine trillion conflicts at the moment. Like you can't, you can't send refugees back there. Right, like you can't. Yeah, haven't you guys seen Hotel Rwanda? <laughs> so like, oh, that wasn't like a, about an Airbnb going really well. Shut your bet. I am. It wasn't guy cheating. Cheat. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's his name? No. No, Chidel. Don Chidel. Don 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 Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Uh, oh my God, guy cheating. So that is why the British care because there is this huge immigration issue surrounding it where like basically their Republicans keep passing this act where it's like, we don't need any more immigrants, send them back to Rwanda. And then like their left, their Dems are basically like, yeah, but have you seen Rwanda lately? Have you seen the state we left it in? Not very nice. So the BBC... Not very nice on Tuesday. Yeah. So they have a lot of coverage on it, but specifically because of this immigration issue. None of the reasons about why people are immigrating away, right? Like you have to go a little bit deeper for that. Um, the, the videos I do recommend that are going to be in the feed are uh, by a channel called TLDR. 
uh, and they actually did a really good job of explaining the history. I'm going to get the names wrong, so I'm not going to go into it too deep, but there was a genocide there in the late 90s yes. uh, by Rwanda, by by the Tutsis and the Hootsie and the Tutsis. God damn it. That was why I wasn't going to do it. I do know a little bit about this because of Hotel Rwanda. Because I didn't want to get the names of the peoples wrong. But no, no, it's important to leave it in here. I think it's the Hootsies and the Tutsis, but I could be wrong. Folks, feel free to say all the things that was like, Yeah, that's why I was like, it's super useful to watch those videos because they get it right. That was why I was like, I'm going to let them get it right instead of me muddling up the facts but yeah it but was the, there it was, was a really bloody conflict there was a really bloody split conflict split families huge genocide forced immigration of people uh and the other issue is that rwanda is a much smaller nation than co- the congo so people get pushed into the congo which is perceived as kind of a more kind of progressive in terms of like a it's not a first world nation air quotes but it's perceived as like closer to western ideals and ways of being and then when they all get there, everyone in the Congo is like, no, thank you. We've got a we're, Congo's full. Thank you. Or the yeah. Democratic Republic of Congo, which is separate than the nation of Congo, cause, which are right next to each other, which is also a thing that kind of confuses search terms a little bit. Uh, and the Democratic Republic of Congo kind of exists, it seems like, for the mining rights. If I'm not like this is Pat doing a loose interpretation, so I didn't want to get too, but the genocide that happens in the 90s forces mass immigrations. That also creates a number of splinter groups. There's a genocide. The people responsible for the genocide get swept out, but then they continue. The Rwandans accuse the people of Congo of like, oh, you're harboring these people. And the people of Congo are like, no, they came from you. Uh, so then there's this, nobody gets to take the blame for anything. To, I mean, not that anybody is necessarily to blame, because like it's, it's a bigger, more nebulous issue than one person to blame. It's right? the JFK assassination all over, all over again. All but over again. But because of that, all of these individual kind of little organizations, that's where these artisanal minds get controlled by, is because all of this conflict leads to people needing to buy guns to mm-hmm. kill each other with, mm-hmm. in part because other people also own the mines. So the people I was mentioning earlier who like kind of settle for the scraps, their whole day today's schedule is based on the guards of the bigger mines and where they go uh so you're like oh we've got until eight to look for any spare cobalt because at 805 the dudes with machine guns who are going to blow us away are going to show up and if we're not going guess what but we can come back at like 315 because that's when this set will finish its rotation and it's safe to come scavenge again from these big operations and then these these smaller militia groups run their minds just as viciously with slave conditions instead of paid conditions. Doesn't sound like there's a lot of distinction between the two classes, though, as far as paid and enslaved. Yeah. Uh, so that's super cool. Um, but the, like I said, the TLDR has a really good uh, review of all of all of the history of these things and also was kind of a more immediate and up to the minute. They had stuff, I think, as recently as today or in the last four days they had something that was like here's history of thing leading to thing leading to thing all right um and then the last thing like i said um the the last video i would if you don't watch anything else if if all of these little videos that are like five to ten minutes are too much for you to watch i do recommend the 30 minute video uh that is about kind of the cobalt mining the conditions of the refugees that are basically the people that are kind of stuck in the space of we can't flee because there's no place that will let us in and we can't stay here because it's dangerous but we don't have a choice but to stay here so we live this weird like fucking it's okay you can just watch district nine a little bit a little yeah, bit yeah i oh, mean fuck tits yeah, yeah a little bit and and the the sorry the one last thing i want to point out because we hadn't touched on it earlier is I think there there is all of these geopolitical reasons we don't want to talk about it because like we don't want consumers considering the fact that they don't need to buy new things yeah. right because then yeah exactly so like with these larger news sources where they have a lot more funding and a lot more advertisers advertisers are going to be like yeah we don't really want to want that story so there's we're that. not going to support that story we'll actually actively 
ask you not to publish this story. White supremacy plays a part in this too, where it's because like because the black it's people, too, why yeah, do we yeah. care? It's two African nations, so why do we care? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what's the other? To a certain extent, uh, the patriarchy plays in, like, like male supremacy plays well, into this because a lot of the a lot of the ways this the warfare has been fought has been through sexual assault of a yeah. number of people. Yeah, uh, some of not a lot. How some of these groups have worked is you you do a mass assault, but specifically a sexual assault, and say, "Hey, we're going to keep you safe from the people who will do worse." And in that moment of trauma, it's really hard to not be like. Oh well, there's something worse than this. What am I gonna do? Uh, and side with your your oppressor in that point. And that's also why, like, a proper pedagogy of how oppression works and how it plays into your mind and an understanding of trauma uh, is super important. And that's kind of why, as recyclables, we kind of preach so much intersectionality and whatnot. Is it's like all of these things feed into it. There's no. It's not just white supremacy that keeps the story from happening. It is not just capitalism that keeps the story from happening. It's not just X, Y, and Z. It's part of why we say the bad guys are intersectional because they don't care how they oppress you. Yeah. They're going to do it. Sorry, Pat rant over. <laughs> no, you're fine. Sorry, guys. There's a, there's a standoff between Harriet and a squirrel and it is getting hot. The, the important thing to remind people about your patio setup is that it is through the window that your cat can look out and see the animals that are aware that there's a predator inside that can't get to them. <laughs> I think sometimes the squirrels are aware of it. Sometimes I still get scared of her. Uh, the birds get way too scared, unless she's like up on her perch and they yeah. can't really see her. But if she sometimes she fully face plants into the window and everything scatters. It's pretty great. And do, do, do you think it's because birds like used to be dinosaurs that the flight and flight response is just more ingrained? Maybe it's because they can fly that the fight or flight response. Um, one thing I think we're gonna do is that we'll probably wrap up the episode now. But uh, so I, I am confused with the the conflict of Al Jazeera is is what is it owned by? No, no. I just I hold them up as a pretty reputable news source. Gotcha, gotcha. Especially if you want to look at something that's outside yeah. of like American or like European imperialism. No, no. I feel like Al Jazeera is a good option for that. I I I think the BBC is usually good because their correspondents aren't actually always British. Like it's more of a network. However, it does have the bias of the British Empire behind it. So, like, there is there is that. Um, I kind of appreciate uh, NPR quite a bit, even though they can be very... Oh, I can't. They, I can't. They I will, can't read them anymore. They will do the thing where they are so... They try so hard not to be biased that it's like, well, you're showing some bias. But it will definitely... I don't feel like an idiot when I read a smart NPR article, if that makes sense. Like, I've never felt... Even though everyone's like, oh, they talk down to you. I've never felt talked down to by NPR. But whatever. Um, I don't... I actually do feel talked down to by NPR. Um, okay, but this is that's mainly yeah. their cultural coverage. So you guys just don't source your articles? Uh, no, it's probably lower. I just wanted to make sure. And, uh, it just says source Al Jazeera. I don't have a... a Let me see it. I don't really? have a, a specific writer at the top or at the bottom. It, it might be kind of like how Associated Press does that sometimes, too, yeah, yeah. I think, so where I it's just, just information. Yeah, so so apologies to the author if we uh, snubbed your name. The title is Mining of Cobalt Copper in DRC, Democratic Republic Congo, Leading to Human Right Abuses, a report. Uh, this is from September 12th of 2023. So, yeah, for context, this article came out even before we were yeah. talking about Palestine. So, like... The, the, the human rights abuses have been going on for quite some time. Uh, the expansion of industrial-scale mines that extract cobalt and copper for rechargeable batteries has led to forced evictions and human rights abuses, including sexual assault in the Democratic Republic of Congo, according to an Amnesty Internet, or according to Amnesty International. Uh, powering change or business as usual, published Tuesday, uh, Amnesty International, the and the Democratic Republic of Congo-based organization IBGDH, or uh, Initiative for Good Governance and Human Rights, but they say it in French, I'm not going to mangle it. Yeah, no one needs to hear that. Uh, detail how the expansion of multinational mining operations has led to communities being forced from their homes and farmlands. The forced evictions taking place as companies seek to expand and Industrial-scale copper and cobalt mining projects are wrecking lives and must stop now, said Agnes Calamard, 
Amnesty International's General Secretary. Climate justice demands a just transition. Decarbonizing the global economy must not lead to further human rights violations. The people of the DRC experienced significant exploitation and abuse during the colonial and post-colonial era, and their rights are still being sacrificed as the wealth around them is being stripped away. Because, a uh, thing we forgot to talk about, uh, the Congo is the area that Belgium mutilated. Literally oh yeah, no, mutilated. This, the, the, the extraction of resources from Congo has been going on for an extremely long time. The, the um, uh, Behind the Bastards had a really good episode about King mm-hmm. Leopold, the guy who was responsible for that. There's been a number of really good, just look up King Leopold scumbag and you'll find just all kinds of yeah. reasons that guy was a piece of shit. Anyway, back to the article. Uh, increasing demands for so-called clean energy technologies has also created a demand for specific metals, including cobalt and copper, essential for making lithium-ion batteries. These batteries are used for devices such as electric cars and mobile phones. The DRC has the world's largest reserves of cobalt and the seventh largest reserve of copper, Amnesty International said in its report. Demand for cobalt is expected to reach 222,000 tons by 2025, tripled that of 2010. Amnesty International and IBGDH interviewed more than 130 people at six mining projects in and around the city of Kowiski. Kowazi? Oh yeah, Kowazi. I don't know why I made it. There wasn't even a CH. K-O-L-W-E-Z-I in the southern province of Lualba, L-U-A, L-A-B-A. Uh, so they interviewed more than 130 people in six mining projects in and around the city of Kowazi uh, in the southern province of Luaba uh, during two visits in 2022. Uh, that's the end of the Al Jazeera article. There we go. Okay. So, yes, I did recover information that we got from Amnesty International, but that was succinct to the point, talked about the violence, and talked about its causes. Like, it would, it, it's wild to see that so many of those sources got one part, but not another part, etc. And I would say Al Jazeera is actually a pretty good place to go yeah. when you have a question about an international conflict you know very little about. Because, like, if you compare that to... Uh, Reuters. Reuters, which was... I, I just want to, like... Which is, compare all that information to... This is the whole Reuters article. Uh, a 72 ceasefire... ceasefire uh, Wait, let me read this one. Yeah, I'm not going to read this one. I don't think this one has an author either. A 72-hour ceasefire has been agreed to by the parties involved in the conflict in the Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo and is backed by both the DRC and Rwanda, uh, the White House said on Monday. The U.S. government will use its uh, intelligence and diplomatic resources to monitor the activities by armed forces and non-state armed groups during the ceasefire. The White House National Security Council spokesperson, Adrian Watson, said, uh, Armed forces and non-state armed groups stopped fighting to allow the withdrawal of forces occupying Mushaki and the RP-1030 Road. Beginning on Monday at noon central African Standard Time, Watson said in a statement, uh, Rwanda's government spokesperson did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The spokesperson for the Congo, President Felix uh, Sikedi. Sorry, Felix. Felix, T-S-H-I-S-E-K-E-D-I, said she had no reaction. Uh, the United States has previously urged both the DRC and Rwanda to de-escalate tensions amid a worsening humanitarian crisis along the border between the two countries. Congo accuses Rwanda of backing a rebel group known as the M23, while a major comeback last year, uh, which made a major comeback last year, Rwanda denies this. A ceasefire deal brokered in November last year has reportedly been breached by M23. According to analysts, the M23 denies this. A spokesperson for the group, Willie Noma, said the 72-hour ceasefire did not concern the M23 and that it was just to avoid escalation between Congo and Rwanda. We've always protected, uh, respected the ceasefire, he told Reuters. That's the whole article. That's all that Reuters said yeah, about this. Yeah. And it, so, yeah, it's... And I guess what I'm going to say, and I think this would be a good way to wrap it up, and then if you guys, we have, we'll, had, we'll link to... Yeah, yeah, I did forget to mention one thing. Which what is, did you forget? Which is the UN, part of the reason things have escalated is the UN is pulling troops out, because I, I remembered it with... Them. They're, they're removing peacekeeping troops. They're removing peacekeeping troops, and part of the reason is that the peacekeeping troops haven't kept the peace, uh, because it turns out a bunch of dudes with machine guns standing around saying, don't fight each other. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't solve anything. But yeah, that makes sense. 
But I guess what I'd say is that growing up, the conception I had of people in Africa is they didn't have anything. Yeah. Like, and why would we as a white person have that conception? What about our history and the way that we look at Africa would make me as a child assume that people in Africa have nothing? Don't know. And he said facetiously. Yeah. And so when we think about, like, when you think about the stereotypes you have about Africa, and I bet you a lot of them are probably about armed conflict as well. Why? Why do we have this preconceived notion of Africa being that way? Uh, there'll be some more um, links in the description or at Lake Will and have a master doc. So feel free to refer to that. Uh, thank you guys so much. Hopefully we've got a lot more coming down the pipe. That's not just sad stuff, but uh, I think it is important to focus on these things as well. Cause if I'm going to be in a bad mood, why not join me? I, I, I just think this is, this episode is probably the most succinct example of what we want out of news dump, which mm-hmm. is like no one place is going to have all the information you need. Mm-hmm. Like no one news source. And also... And also the things they, they get wrong or leave out also say a lot. And so it's important... It's about the notes you don't play. Yeah, a little bit. And so, like, that's why it's important to, to fucking vet your sources, share your story. It, people are like, oh, people have told Michelle and I, why do you guys like sharing sad stuff sometimes? It's like, no, we don't like sharing sad stuff. It's just if you know about it and fix it, you don't have to be sad about it anymore. Yeah. Right? So... Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, you guys. We love you. Bye. Or whatever. Harriet, say something. Meow. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, let me bring her on mic. Oh. Harriet. Harriet. I love you. Oh, she would say that about the battery. Harriet, those are children. Labor rights issue is a human rights issue. Yeah, so it's it's one of those blurry. BBC had all really... dogs are cats. Cat uh, puppies are cats. Dogs are kitties. What? All puppies are dogs, but not yes. all dogs are puppies. But I was missing that. You, yeah. I'm sorry. You're fine. Back to the BBC. Uh... Thank you for picking up recyclables today. Donations to the Acast streaming service are, of course, always welcomed, but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.